0: Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. I'm a designer, principal, and brand strategist at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Today on Obsessed with Design, I chat with Tad Carpenter. Tad and I discuss his upbringings in the design world, his father's influences on him and how Hallmark influences the Kansas City graphic design and branding space, and his passions and obsessions, which include food and barbecue. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Tad Carpenter. Okay, guys, today I would like to welcome designer, illustrator, and partner of Carpenter Collective, a design and branding studio from Kansas City, Missouri, Mr. Tad Carpenter. Tad, thank you so much for being on Obsessed with Design.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and giving me the invite to such a great um, program you guys put together.
0: Well, hey, just to get the gushing out of the way, I'm personally a big fan of your work, and I think you guys just do some, some beautiful work, and I love how you guys um, really bring the branding work that you do into interiors and just all the things that you touch on. So kudos to running a really cool shop. Oh man.
1: Thank you so much. I, I greatly appreciate it. And, um, the, 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 the hugs and high fives go right back at you. So I, I thank you so much,
0: man. <laughs> well, thank you. So, um, I had the pleasure of seeing you present at creative South. I think that was a little over a year ago.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you had, um, uh, what's not typically the enviable slot of one of the later in the day mm-hmm. slots to present you were like the last thing standing between people in cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought you just absolutely killed it. And I think there's a tough slot to do well in, but I definitely enjoyed hearing about you and love to unpack some more of that with you today on the show.
1: Absolutely yeah that was such a fun um, fun conference and uh, and I and I like that I mean that slot was great for me. I I appreciated kind of, kind of closing it down and, and knowing and being cognizant of the fact that, Hey man, like we, we got, we got 250 people in here that are ready to go get a cocktail, you know? So let's, uh, uh, I, I tend to like to keep things fast paced. And so, uh, that, that works out great.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you had approximately a thousand slides and I think you brought the energy <laughs> level. So I think it all worked out just fine. Let's dig in a little bit. I'd like to talk to you about your origin story as a designer and how you got into doing this professionally?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm maybe different than a lot of people. And, um, I guess, I guess there's definitely other designers out there that I, that I know that had a similar experience as I, but, um, for me, I was really, really fortunate to grow up around design, um, and more specific, specifically grow up around, Illustration and and just commercial art in general. Uh, my my father is a lifelong artist and designer, and um, specifically an illustrator. Uh, my father has been with Hallmark greeting cards for this is his forty first anniversary this month.
0: Oh, that is so cool!
1: Yeah, which is insane. Uh, obviously, all of our generations will will never really know that experience of devoting your entire career to one um, to one specific. Location and one specific job, you know. um, The benefit. What of What
0: a cool company as an illustrator to kind of oh, grow up and you know and learn your chops there, and then to and be there forever. That's that's really almost unheard of. It's totally
1: unheard of, and and specifically, it's like you know I think we all kind of know what homework is today, as in in 2016, what that means as a greeting card company, which is changing very quickly. But more specifically, like with my dad being there in the late 70s and 80s, where um, that's like the the pinnacle of Hallmark cards is that era, you know, where they were just, I mean, just absolutely um, doing so phenomenal and and doing so many new and innovative products. And more importantly, the amazing designers and artists and illustrators that were working there at that time that went on to do amazing work and went on to do other amazing things from type designers and, and, and illustrators and it, even just the people that they would bring in, you know. Um, my dad became really good friends with a bunch of the old Mad Magazine illustrators, uh, which <laughs> right. is like totally random, right? Like he, because he's a, a guy from the 1950s and 60s, that's what he loved. So he said, hell, I'm just going to reach out to these guys and see if I can hire him for freelancer to do some greeting cards. And he got Al Jaffe and all these amazing, classic, unbelievably historic cartoonists to start doing work for him, you know. And then he started slipping in like little, little favors from him. So, like, I remember for like my, my like seventh or eighth birthday, I get originally drawn, um, Alfred E. Newman drawing from Paul Coker, who's one of the original oh, cartoons nice. for Mad Magazine, with Alfred E. Newman peeing on, uh, or a dog peeing on Alfred E. Newman's leg and saying like, happy birthday, Tad, you know? When I was like <laughs> eight years old, you know? I still have that framed, you know? Um, so, yeah, I got to grow up around some really, really amazing creative people and knew that that was always something that i desperately wanted to be a part of i I don't think i had any idea what design was or what graphic design was as a as a kid you know but i knew i loved to draw and i knew i loved to make things and i knew i loved that kind of collaborative kind of experience that me and my dad shared together. You know, we would sit down and draw things and tell stories together and illustrate them and, um, draw comics and like do all kinds of things. And I knew I loved that. I loved creating a narrative and then kind of executing that narrative in some way.
0: I think as a potential sidetrack, um, I'm just the, the whole, I got to imagine that the hallmark presence there in Kansas city is just like, kind of an epicenter of other creative studios over the last 20 or 30 years. And, you know, pieces like, you know, I'm familiar with Gordon McKenzie who did the orbiting the giant hairball book. And, um, when my creative director first came here, he was like, Oh, if you've not read this, you've got to read this. And I would imagine there's just all kinds of little, um, offshoots, whether it's, you know, in your case where your dad was there, and I'm sure it was part of that inspiration.
1: Yeah. Like I, I've, I've never, um, I've obviously freelanced for them for uh, many a times over the years, but I've never been an employee of theirs. And, um, but I live in Kansas City and I love Kansas City, um, because of the Hall family and because that is here. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like there's dozens of design firms and studios and various startups and things like that that are in Kansas City. Purely because of Hallmark cards. They might have moved here probably reluctantly because <laughs> <they>, I'm <laughs> moving to Kansas City. Are you freaking kidding me? Then they get here and they see how amazing of a city this is, how easy it is, how unbelievably creative it is. Um, and for a city the size of Kansas City, the creative community is unbelievable. It's so, so inspiring and cool. And um, you're absolutely right. Like, th- there's so many things that have been created because of Hallmark that have no, you know, um, you know, real visible connection on the surface, but, um, are a hundred percent devoted to Hallmark or, or, or exist because of Hallmark. And that's super cool, you know, in, in my eyes. And I think a lot of major creative cities all have that kind of principal resident that you can look back on, you know, Mm-hmm. Why? Why is Minneapolis who Minneapolis is? You know, um, there's probably a lot of reasons. But as an outsider, I would think Target would have something to do that, or Duffy, or like some of those a- yeah. amazing studios and, and and companies. You know, um, so I think that's cool. And and definitely Kansas City's very grateful for having Hallmark Cards here.
0: Well, maybe to circle back a little bit. So obviously, being around your father and kind of seeing his work and what he was up to, I'm sure had a lot of influence on you. So did you like follow that? that idea straight out of the gate? Did you go to school and study it or did you, you know, work at different agencies or was Carpenter Collective like kind of your thing right out of the gates?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I, as all kids do probably, I, um, I just kind of flopped around there for a little while, not entirely knowing what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in, uh, for lack of a better term art of some sort, right? Like I thought mm-hmm. maybe I would be a painter. Um, I mean, it's still part of me still wants to do that. I went down a whole, route of just doing these um, really strange paintings for a while, you know. And, um, <laughs> and, and that kind of led me into design and illustration very quickly. And so, yeah, I, I, I studied design, um, graphic design and studied illustration. And right out of school, I did. I, I was kind of faced with the opportunity of what do I want to do? Do I want to go work for Hallmark Cards where my father's been for, you know, at that time, probably 30-some years, right? Um, or do I want to do something different? Mm-hmm. And and for me, I, I was at starting to fall in love with what creating brand identities was and what creating um, really interesting brand narratives and and stories uh, so surrounded around some sort of product or experience. And so that was something I was really interested in. And so I, I decided not to, to go the Hallmark route and, um, to go work at a small branding firm. And so right out of school, I worked there for a handful of years until I knew, um, I wanted to go out on my own. And I I knew that was kind of something I wanted to do. I I like being able to control what it is that comes in and out of your office and your shop and, and things like that. So, um, that was kind of my road. And yeah, I mean, I didn't, yeah, I, I tried all kinds of different things within the design field first until I started to try to figure that out. And that was a tough decision to figure out. Do you want to go? Uh, and I, and I loved Hallmark and i loved to see what my dad got to do there. But I also knew that I, I, I thought I wanted to try something a little different just because I wanted, I wanted to be different. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I was, I was excited to not be my dad's son in the design world, um, and kind of make your own, your own mark, if you will.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know you had told me that, Um, your wife, Jessica recently joined you at Carpenter Collective, which is, which is awesome. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you guys are set up right now and what that looks like.
1: Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, for a gosh, nearly six and a half years, my studio was myself, and we have um, two or three part-time designers or interns that are working with with me at all times. There for about you know six and a half years, and that's great. It's it's been it's worked really really well. And uh, a little over a year ago, about a year ago it just started to get a little too much um, as far as the, the workload. And and like all designers out there listening, probably, I am so horribly bad at saying no to things because every project that comes in <laughs> Wait, what's, amazing, what's this right? word you speak exactly, of? This, exactly,
0: right. No, exactly
1: I mean, right? So like every project that, that comes into the inbox or on your phone is like, uh, it instantly sounds like I, I can make this amazing. This can yeah. be really exciting. So it's hard for me to learn to, to know what to say no to and what, to accept. And, and that's something I'm getting better at. Uh, you know, that's, if this is a therapy session, this is, this, this is one thing I'm working on doctor is is, is learning to <laughs> learning to do that.
0: But you know, and, so- and how does that make you feel to know <laughs> that you're working on that?
1: Right. Exactly. It, I, I feel powerless. It's not going well. Uh, no, but, but yeah, no, tad, tad,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault.
1: Oh, this feels right. This just feels right. Um, so so yeah so about a year ago um and as i said my my wife has been an art director at willoughby design group which is an amazing branding studio working with ann willoughby and 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 all the great people that work over there and
0: oh yeah my
1: wife my my wife jessica was doing just amazing amazing things there and was really really happy for a long time which is why she'd been there for so long but um about a year ago just it just got a little too much and we always knew we wanted to work together, and this was something that we, we knew was going to happen eventually, and the timing was right last year. So um, she jumped off, and my wife Jessica and I have now partnered. And so um, and within probably about a month or so, uh, we landed one of the biggest projects we've ever taken on. And oh, Nice. Congratulations. Um, yeah, which is really it's, – it's a dream project. And for about the past year, we've kind of been on lockdown with this project, of course, doing other work um, – in our studio as well, but this project has been a big one. So because of that, we have not got our new website launched. We don't have our new identity created. We don't have our new, like anything (laughs) appropriate because like literally from the gate, this project that we're so excited about, um, has kind of really, really taken a, a big chunk out of our time.
0: So, um, maybe this is in the category if I told you I'd have to kill you, but is there a little bit you can give us to whet our appetite on what this big project is?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of, um, we're kind of at the very beginning of it to launch here shortly. And so I think we can totally talk about it now, which isn't a big deal, but, um, here in Kansas city, if anyone's ever been here or knows a lot about Kansas City, um, there's a few things that 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 always stand out. And of course barbecue is one, baseball is one most recently with our with our minor league team becoming a, a world champion here recently at the Kansas City <laughs> Royals, which is I still pinch myself every day. That's uh, awesome. But then and then and then the third is we have an amazing, amazing brewery based here in Kansas City. And that's the Boulevard Brewing Company.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: Boulevard makes fantastic beer. And um and they are now all over the country as far as distribution is concerned, which is great. But um Boulevard Brewing Company came to us because they wanted to expand. And they wanted to expand and create a a really world-renowned um visitor, visitor center for lack of a better term, which would have a Boulevard um, brewing company experience when you would come in. Yeah. And a brand new tasting room. And so, um, so they, they acquired a new building, and um, obviously we worked with a, a really great architecture firm um, on the space, of course. But um, Jessica and, our t- and I and our team, we started to design what that actual experience would be. So a museum isn't the right word to use, but I don't know what other word to use. Um, <laughs> it's really an experience, but at the bottom line. This is a Midwestern beer company. And they wanted that experience to be reflective of that. You know, We don't need a bunch of high-tech stuff all over the place. But how can we create um, engagement and interaction with the guests that are coming in, but on a Midwestern analog, almost inspired way? So you come into this experience now, and there is... There's giant nine-foot wooden bottles that you spin and learn about their bottle conditioning. Or there's, there's these giant panels that tell you the history of beer from cavemen all the way up and through the interesting things that have gone on in the United States. And they have cranks and pulleys and all kinds of different things, tons of hand-painted murals and signage, um, enormous wayfinding package. And then, like I said, then there's this brand new tasting room we did work in. And then on the second floor now, they're going to be offering a full beer hall where they'll be serving, I think it's like 25 different beers every day as well as food and snacks, and it'll be open all the time. And it'll be an amazing um, addition to to Kansas City um, for people. So we've been branding the whole thing and designing this whole experience, um, and it's it's been wild for sure, but a really, really fun
0: project. So this is really all about Boulevard, right? It's not like a... A museum about beer. It's a, it's really the Boulevard experience.
1: It's the Boulevard experience. Now um, they wanted to tell some of the history of beer because that just kind of leads you into the history of Boulevard beer, you know? So there's a portion of the experience that are these panels that we've designed that kind of walk you through how beer did come about and how important it is in human civilization, you know? So, so we have this whole kind of uh, illustrative kind of, tour through the history of beer um, with some different ways to interact and experience through it. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. It's about Boulevard Brewing Company and uh, Kansas City and the history of brewing in Kansas City as well, which has a pretty rich, rich history. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty cool. And I think, I I hope people really enjoy it.
0: Okay. I've got it. It's Boulevard Brewseum. Holy you can, you can have Boulevard call yeah. me and talk about licensing. We can, I'm sure we can come to an agreement.
1: <gasps> oh, for him. Oh, my
0: Is it too late to work that into the brand no. package?
1: I'll have my people call you you're right after.
0: <laughs> All right. So maybe, um, you know, going back to kind of day-to-day with, between you and your wife and uh, your design interns and folks that are on site there, like, What is, what is your day look like? How much are you like heads down and, you know, moving vectors around an illustrator versus sketching versus writing or working on children's books? Like what's, what's a normal day or week look like for you?
1: Gosh, it's uh, and it's probably like a lot of you out there listening or, or or Josh probably like you, it's, it's it's so different every darn day, you know Uh, because it depends on, on the projects that we're working on. But for me and, and my wife, Jessica, it's it's really important for us personally to um, to stay small. We're big proponents of of the value of being small, and um, we like to be small because at the end of the day, I, I want I want our clients and I want people that come to us to know that, that Jessica and I we're we're involved in everything. Like. Mm-hmm we're more than involved in, in just art directing, but we're, we will be touching everything in some way. Um, yeah, of course we have a, we have a, um, we have people that are on our team, of course, but, but we are working on everything. So absolutely. When you, when you say it's your head down, you know, um, you know, uh, plucking pixels and, 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 and drafting, <laughs> drafting things. Yeah. Like that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm uh, like this morning. Uh, we're, we're, building a website. So I was, I was working on some of the development and code with the developer that we're working on. Mm, cool. and then I'm hopping on to, we're getting ready to do a new campaign for um, Macy's and their and a new holiday campaign for them. And so um, I'm literally doing pencil sketches to to send off from a conceptual standpoint to to the client at the end of the week. So I'm I'm doing literally just pencil sketch ideas to to, to prepare and share with them for some ideas on what the campaign could look like. Um, so we're kind of hopping back and forth between that. Um, you know, uh, Jessica just had to run out and go over to Boulevard and and look at some additional wayfinding that we need to add before they open. You know, so it's like we're kind of hopping around and doing all kinds of things. Like, like everybody, probably like I spend way too much time emailing and corresponding. I have not figured out the science (laughs) and the art of how to correspond and email and make sure everyone is taken care of and get your work done at the same time. So that's, that's another one of those things that I'm continuing to try to figure out. Right.
0: But, oh man, um, it's one of the things that I've fought, but it never gets better until you have another human doing that for you. Until you get an account manager then you are the account manager
1: you're absolutely right and that's uh, and i had and that's something i should pick your brain on because it's like i have the hardest probably like a lot of designers some of us have control issues right and uh and so it's like (laughs) no right no not at all right not not any of us and and so it's like one of those things that it's like how can i find that person that knows what it is that i want (laughs) want want to be said uh from a standpoint you know and i know that's not exactly approach to it, but that's a hard thing to, uh, to relinquish and, and start to kind of really figure
0: out, you know, I think the one thing that relieves that, that bit of angst is that, um, anytime something gets done and I didn't know that it was a, a challenge or a problem or a due date or something, and it just happened and I'm excited about what we did and I never knew it happened. And wow, that's like the most magical feeling ever. I'm oh my like, gosh. Oh, I didn't have to right. touch it. I didn't have to look at it. I didn't have to send the email. I didn't have to sit in the meeting. Um and of course, you know, I'm still involved in lots of things, but it's cool that there are lots of things I have nothing to do with that just sort of happen on their own. That's it's beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Maybe outside of email. What are <laughs> I know that's your favorite thing to work on, but um what what are some of your favorite things to work on these days?
1: Yeah, and I'm so lucky that our practice is so very very diverse which is uh which is I think why a lot of us probably got into graphic design is graphic design means so many things it can mean anything it can mean so many um various applications and and possible outcomes and that's exciting because if you just tell someone you're a graphic designer uh, to people on the outside that might mean one thing to but all of us that's just the beginning of a conversation right because you could be you could be doing more back end development or or designing purely for the web or you could mm-hmm. be doing more you know yada 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 so um for me uh, I I really, really – the bottom line, I feel like almost everything we do in some form or fashion is related to brand identity work. Um, even doing like, – do a ton of children's books. But every book I start, I I work on it like an identity. Um, I think of, okay – almost creating a brand deck for it, you know, like, okay, yeah. here's, here's going to be the palette. Here's the materials I'm going to recommend. Um, obviously typefaces, color palette, and then stylistically what I want it to look like. So I always picture each one of them as this little kind of a uh, brand deck that we we create and, and start to implement. And so obviously I love doing books. You know, I have, I have one coming out in October. I have two more coming out in 2017. I love working on books, but the bottom line is, I love creating brand identities, and I love just simple mark and icon and logo exploration. Um, there's nothing more challenging and difficult I feel like in design as creating a really strong logo or mark, um, and I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy working on that that kind of stuff. Specifically, like very, very specifically, I freaking live for and love when we get to design a restaurant.
0: Like, mm, yeah,
1: that's my jam on jam right there, man. Like that. You can the, see that too. Oh, that's the thing, man, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but gosh, I love, I love when there's a project like that, that has so many various applications that you get to touch, you know, Mm -hmm. so many ways to think about how, how the consumer is going to interact and bring that brand into their life in some way. And, and that's really fun. That's really,
0: really cool. Let's see here. I love food and I love design <laughs> and you put those two things together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, a lot of times that means all your meetings, there's normally really good food or beverage, you know, that's a perk, you know, whatever, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so maybe you sort of answered this question with that answer, but you know, with all of our guests, with the theme of the show here, obsessed with design, I, I think designers are just sort of by nature obsessed with, with many things, but what would you say you're most obsessed with right now?
1: Oh my goodness. Gosh, that's so hard. That's like, that's like the, uh, that's like the question when you go to a dinner party or something and someone is like, so tell me about what kind of hobbies you have. And I instantly (laughs) like cartoon style, just jump out a glass window. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, uh, it's just like, I'm out of here, man. And um, so yeah, like what, like what, what I would be obsessed with right now that is uh, so darn hard to think about. Um, I would say, oh man, we, um, we love to, You guys, so generic job. I got stupid answers for you, man. (laughs) Like, uh, like, like my wife and I really like to travel. We just came back from a trip. We are constantly looking and thinking about what like our next big trip is going to be. Yeah. So like, we spend nights like just like researching. Like, oh, whoa, look at this weird little you know, island off the coast of something or other. How cool would it be to go there? You know, and we'll daydream about it for a couple of days. And we obviously very rarely ever do anything about it, but we love <laughs> planning that and trying to think about that. Um, so much of our life right now has been about beer, like to be honest, um, because of all the work we're doing at Boulevard. <laughs> so because of that, I think we've become a lot more knowledgeable just about beer yeah. on a gender scale, because we've had to study it a lot about, some other various things we're doing. So we've become, I think, like a lot of probably designers listening to this right now are very um, cognizant and interested and um, aware of microbrews and various different kind of um, beers that we like and don't like. Kansas City, like every other American city right now, has a million breweries opening every day, you know, Um, and there's some fantastic ones, like some really, really cool, interesting different types of beer you know like i never thought in a million years i would be into sour beer you know and now i'm like oh dude i'm super into sour beer you know so it's like (laughs) where did that come from man like 26 year old tab would think i was crazy you know and 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 um so so that's you know that's something that is is new because and we've always been big fans, but I think because of this project, it's kind of taken it to another level. And we know more about beer than we ever thought in a million years that we would know about beer, like weird facts and like interesting mm-hmm. little little tidbits, you know? So I think that's something we, um, we recently built a home and office space kind of thing. Hell so yeah. think, you were
0: showing, I think, images of that during your talk at creative South. I don't, I feel like it wasn't done yet at that point, but it was gorgeous.
1: That's probably right. It probably wasn't. Yeah. So like, we've been like, you know, neck deep for years in like, um, in like materials and like sourcing out like different types of kind of, uh, various build projects, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's something that we're, we're constantly involved in. We love furniture design. I would, I wish so badly I was better at like mathematics and measuring things. And like, like literally y'all like the only, the closest I will ever get to being a carpenter is my last name. Like they get, it ain't <laughs> even close. Man. Like, I can't, I literally can hardly measure correctly, let alone like cut something and build something. So unfortunately I, I think being a furniture designer would just be like tops, like just total tops. Um, and, and that's something we're super into as
0: well. Yeah, I'm also from the measure once, cut twice school of <laughs> of uh, furniture design. So exactly right. I don't. I think I'm. I think I might be slightly number dyslexic. So I'm like, okay, twelve, 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 and I go over and write down twenty-one. Like, I'm, no, dang it, did it again. Like what is, like, I feel like I try so hard sometimes too. And I'm like, Oh
1: no, no I'm going to really take my time. And then I'm like, well, this is weird. This chair only has three legs. You know, that's you know? <laughs> yeah, not, that's not proper. You know, yeah. I don't know.
0: I think it's uh, maybe a combination of the designer perfectionism a uh, and a little bit of constant ADD. And kind of like you were talking about like this, uh, um, this, this idea that, of designer optimism. Like you just think it's every project, every client is going to be awesome and everything's going to work out. So you put all those together. It doesn't make for great furniture. I don't think, (laughs) you know,
1: and I think like that's, I think it's healthy that we talk about this. With like that designer optimism thing, because it's like, yeah. And I, and I think Josh, you're probably the same way. Like every new project that comes in, you're, there's always, um, a huge amount of optimism right off the bat, right? Because you're like, Oh my gosh, this could, (laughs) this, this could be amazing. This could be great. I think it's healthy, especially for young designers to hear and know that guess what? Every freaking project isn't going to be the best thing that goes in your portfolio. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's not. And that's, and, but at the end of the day, knowing that's important, but, um, Understanding that I think is, is very, very healthy that, that not every single thing is going to be some award winning, you know, um, star of your portfolio, but that, you know, it's a practice. Like, you know, each project leads you to something else and there might be greater value to that project than just being some portfolio thing, but that you took something else out of it that's going to help you along the way. And and I think that's
0: important. Okay, guys, we got this great opportunity. Now, granted, it's a rush, and their budget is only a tenth of what we would normally charge, but we're totally going to do it. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be the best thing we've ever done.
1: Not going to backfire at all, right? (laughs) What could go wrong? This (laughs) is going to be killer. Exactly. They've never purchased design before, but we (laughs) shouldn't be scared by that. Yeah, no, no, out, yeah.
0: Well, as it turns out, you have maybe worked with a few clients who have purchased design before with names like... Target and Macy's and Coca-Cola and Ray-Ban and Nick junior and MTV and Adobe. And as we would say in our office, first of all, congrats, because that is a ridiculous client list, but maybe you can, uh, outside of, you know, working with one of the coolest brands ever. What, what other things do you look for when it comes to deciding who you do want to partner with? Like what makes a good client for you guys? For us, I-
1: Really, two. We ask ourselves kind of two questions right off the bat when a new client calls, um, and, and those they really kind of apply across the board. Whether you're a you're a Coca Cola or you're you know mom, pa, Smith starting a coffee shop down the street, and and for us, we typically ask ourselves: A, has this company ever bought design before? Have mm-hmm. they ever purchased design? And B, is this a Is this a company that we think is willing to take risks? Those are two questions right off the bat that we try to ask ourselves. Because if the answer is yes to both of those, I think we're going to be a really fun, great fit. Um, If they purchase design, they understand the process a little bit, which helps us right off the bat. If they haven't, it's not an automatic no. We have to kind of feel it out a little bit after that. Mm -hmm. But that's something that we're very aware of, is if someone has purchased design prior in some form or fashion. And then though willing to take risk is important because we aren't going to take on a project that we we think is going to be entirely vanilla and not worth. Um, it sounds bad to say not worth our time. That's not the thing. We're all trying to make a living. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong there, but the fact that like I I, I want to do something me you know worthwhile you know and something something that I'm proud of and something that our studio is proud of and can be excited about and. The end of the day if, if you're just regurgitating the same old crap like i don't there's no point to do it you know like why do that like we're sadly not on this spinning rock long enough just to do things that we don't like and and <laughs> right. you know like that's the bottom line and if it's something um that i'm just like not into um it probably it, it probably is not going to not going to be great fit, you know, and, and so we try to be very, very aware of that. Uh, but with that being said, we sometimes take on like very different kinds of projects um, because we're like, well, you know what? We have never done anything even remotely close to that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get the bat off our shoulder and take a big old swing, you know, and um, and that's awesome, you know. That's I think that's really exciting.
0: I think no offense to people who like vanilla because as the bare naked ladies <laughs> once said, it's the finest of the flavors, but you gotta at least unpack that before you agree to do the work with them. Wait, hold the phone. Is that a bare naked ladies reference? <laughs> it's a bare naked ladies reference. <laughs> Amazing. All the millennials just totally turned lost. <laughs> they yeah, just yeah. turned off their podcast player. They're like, I am done. I'm gonna uninstall iTunes. This is over.
1: <laughs> oh, just wait. I got, I got some third eye blind and, um, Weezer references coming up here in about an hour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh man. It's so total sidetrack, but I don't know if you have caught any of the show song exploder, but the Weezer episode of song exploder, which is a podcast, get to check it out is all about like, here's the making of these songs and the way, um, uh rivers talks about writing a song is so design thinking so everybody out there check out that episode but oh it's killer
1: i haven't i've i've seen designers um like tweet or mention that podcast before and i have like a little little list of podcasts like on my desktop that i keep to like you know we're always looking for a new one right and um i haven't listened to it yet so i'm definitely gonna have to check that out
0: the way that he pulls these lyrics together is so methodical and also somewhat random. And it it just kind of blew my mind that that's the process they follow because it, as he says in the interview, it, it sounds like a coherent story when it's all done, but that's not at all how he, how he builds it. So I'll just leave you with that to watch your appetite, but that's awesome. Check out that episode.
1: I love it. When I hear of other practices out there, like musicians uh, or hell, we were just talking about furniture design or something. We're like, seemingly when you hear people talk about them you're like wait we kind of do the exact same thing just using a different tool you know which then <laughs> right. gets me real excited and i'm like oh i could totally write and sing songs man like i could totally do this just like the furniture thing and then i do it and like it could it could literally kill someone with my furniture it's like oh wait no not <laughs> this at all. is really hard this is really hard exactly <laughs>
0: Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit from other industries and tell me about one of your proudest moments as a designer.
1: My proudest moment probably as a designer is the first time I ever actually found out what design was and probably the first thing I've ever designed. I think I'm still chasing that feeling Mm. every day, probably. And um, I think I told this story at Creative South and I tend to tell it when I do lectures is, um, when I was in third grade, I entered a contest, um, and it was for the Kansas city chiefs football team. And they asked a bunch of kids to, to draw, um, an idea for the season tickets for the team. And so as a third grader, I was like, I kind of like drawing I'll, I'll try this out, you know? And, and I drew, I drew an idea and let's be honest, guys, it was amazing. It was so beautiful. It's it just like, <laughs> it was all a bunch of like color pencil, little football dudes and stuff, you know? And, uh, I can just uh,
0: see you scrolling with your whole fist, with your tongue sticking out of your mouth a little bit. Kid,
1: yep. At the kitchen table, like every day and night, it's like, mom, I don't have time for pop tarts right now. I'm, I'm, I got a deadline, I got stuff to do, you know? And uh, and so, like, uh, I, remember, I remember working so hard on that and stepping back and being so proud of this drawing and then sending it off and then finding out that I won. And I got, you know, free season tickets to the Chiefs that year.
0: Wow.
1: And uh, I got to go to the locker room and and, and at the halftime. And at halftime, they honored me at Arrowhead Stadium at the 50-yard line in front of all the crowd. Now, this was the 90s, so there was, like, you know, like 1,100 people at the game. But like, you know, like I was there, and so um, I remember a football player um, came to my school in a red Ferrari and gave me a drive around in it. They did a whole assembly for me, And again, this was third grade, and then um, after that assembly, a fifth grade girl asked me out. And like literally I she can, thought
0: she was going to ride in that Ferrari too. Uh, that's right. "Oh, man,
1: I think you just burst my bubble. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> but literally, that's the day I can like pinpoint of like, you know what? I want to, I want to do design. I like this. Like I can make things for people. They will give me things and I can get older women. Like this is like all in opportunity right now, you know? Um, and I remember that feeling, like that feeling of accomplishing something and and creating something with your bare hands that you were so proud of and you could stand behind it in some way. Um, I don't know, man, like I, like I think about that moment, and that opportunity probably more than a 30-year-old something man should, you know? Like, I'm like, I remember that. That was awesome, you know? And and I, to me, when I think about our process and what we do, and I'm like, you know, not horribly different than that, really, you know? Um, someone's asking you to tell their story in some way, and, and you come up with ideas to accomplish that and work with them. And that's pretty awesome, you know? Um, so,
0: I feel like we could do a whole PR campaign just for the AIGA based on that story. You know that the, the <laughs> public will recognize your work. You will get these sweet cars and chicks dig it. Exactly. Graphic design.
1: Graphic design. Any exactly. questions? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Have 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 them give me a call. We'll, we'll work that out. But, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, that was for me a really proud moment and um, another like more professional moment. I don't know if proud's the right word. But like, I don't know if you're this way, like I can think back on my career just thus far, right? And you have just these little tent poles, you know, that that just really stand out, you know, and and you know, maybe that third grade moment is one for me. Um, I remember going out on my own. And probably like everybody who's ever left a day job and went out on their own, like I was freaking terrified, man. I was just like, I have no idea how I'm gonna pay rent. I have no idea how I'm gonna buy, you know you know, potato chips and popcorn. You know, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm doing (laughs) anything, you know? And I remember the first day sitting down at my desk and like really, you know, I had a couple little clients that I I was, I was working with and bringing along with me, but like for the most part, it was pretty unknown and I had no idea what tomorrow was going to bring me. And, and the very first day, that very first day I sat down and my phone rang and I picked it up and it was, um, it was a creative director at Chronicle books and she just randomly had seen something I drew, and, um, she's like, we have this idea for this book and we'd love to see if you'd be interested in maybe illustrating and designing it with us. And I remember just sitting the phone down and literally just like screaming, holy shit as loud as I could, um, with it on mute. Cause I was just like <laughs> that fe- I remember it's that feeling, you know,
0: I don't, yeah, could you hold on for just a second? <laughs> Hold on, let me check with my staff and see what
1: we look like right now. Um, holy, I mean, I was just like, so there was, it was almost just like a release of, um, of fear and, and just tightened up energy that, um, that I, I just felt like, you know what, you can do this. Yeah. You're going to question yourself and there's always going to be fear. I think fear is a good motivator, at least for me, but like, there's always going to be a little bit of that and that's healthy. But at the end of the day, like that, that call and that project is always going to stand out to me because it, it, it came at such an opportune time. Like that first day sitting down on your own. And I was like, holy crap. Like, um, I needed that. And that, that was, that always stood out.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You know, you've mentioned the, the children's books thing a little bit, a few times. Tell us about some of the, what I would classify as more side projects, things that aren't the traditional client branding work. What, what do you guys have cooking and are there other side projects that you haven't mentioned that, that we should know about?
1: Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, and I, I mean, I talk about it um, all the time, how important I feel passion projects are in some way or form, you know, and obviously those passion projects can be anything. And, and I personally think that everyone should have something going on all the time, you know, from a personal standpoint that you're excited about that you can look forward to working on, you know, that no one ever asked you to make or create or, or even do, you know, but, um, but you, but you need to do them and, you know, kind of a little bit of a backtrack a little bit. That's really kind of how I got into picture books was I, I've grown up loving them, you know, Um, my father illustrated books and I saw that process and loved it. I had no idea how to get into it so i just started kind of writing and and exploring on my own with no one ever asking me and that kind of then then led to doing more and more books and um as far as other side kind of passion projects outside of client work um one of the bigger ones that we run is um we run a website called made in the middle my studio and i do mm-hmm. and it's it's purely just a place to showcase how inspired we are by Kansas City and, and the Midwest in general, really. But Kansas City is kind of our example, I guess. And, and we, we have a timeline on there that t- kind of tells the history of Kansas City as far as a creative community. You know, back to the 1830s, all the way up into to today. Um, and all the ama- some of the amazing people that have come through here, people like Walt Disney um, and J.C. Hall, um, Thomas Hart Benton, Kate Spade. You know, um, amazing jazz singers, you know, all kinds of amazing people that have come through the city and made it and molded it what it is, as well as then we do feature at interviews with people here locally that we think are doing cool stuff. And what's, what's kind of been a natural progression for us, which um, is we decided that this year we're going to throw the first ever Made in the Middle Creative Conference. So the, um, the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, which is a renowned, um, amazing, beautiful um, art museum here in Kansas City, is kind of teamed up with us and going to host it. And in October, we'll have a design conference there for the first time kind of show showcasing and um, some amazing people's work from all over the country. And all of them have a tie to either Kansas City or the Midwest in general. Um, and it should be really cool.
0: Oh, very nice. We'll have to uh, post some info on that on the uh, show notes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the tickets are, I think, let's keep our fingers crossed, should go on sale um, on the 30th, which I think is tomorrow. So um, probably by the time this goes live, the tickets should probably be, be out there if anyone's interested. A really amazing group of people that i think are going to come and tell their story and um yeah so that's something again no one definitely asked us to do this but we just thought our city would really enjoy it we thought the midwest in general would really respond to it and um hell it's an excuse to all get together like-minded people and 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 have a good time
0: celebrating design yeah that's very cool so do you guys have any i feel like you're doing your dream projects on on the daily but are there any dream projects that you guys have out there that you're like man someday if we want to do a brand identity for X or we want to work on this kind of company or this particular client name.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think of course, right. Like, I think we all have those like, Oh man, if I could only, um, I mean, I think there's probably a few big companies out there we would love to do more stuff with, but I feel like most of our dream projects are very like specific to like the type of businesses. Like for me personally, I have always dreamed about, branding and designing a uh uh, a hotel like Mm -hmm. i don't know like that's just something And again it's probably like we talked about previously about like designing restaurants because you can touch and do so many various applications right and and to me designing something like a motel um a hotel not a well i'd do a motel too actually that'd be pretty sweet actually Um, either one but uh i just think designing all those little Um, applications and and creating all these little interesting artifacts that go along with the experience i think that would just be super cool like just a a really kind of bucket list kind of project to do as a kansas Cityan. one of my biggest dream branding projects ever that i've never got to do is design a barbecue joint Mm -hmm. like i'm a i am an admitted barbecue snob Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm born bred and I'll be buried in Kansas city. (laughs) like, I know barbecue inside and out and I love it and I eat it way too often. And, um, and I would love to brand a barbecue joint. You know, I think it'd be awesome. The more down and dirty, the better almost, you know, you know, like, I I just think that would be cool to be like, Hey, we don't have much printing budget. We don't have much of this. But no worries. We're going to figure out some real interesting ways to do this. You know, like, I think that would be really cool, you know. Um, I think, I mean, that list can go on forever, I feel like, of things that I would love to love to do. Uh, you know, I mean, we have a, it, it's so diverse. We have, we have some products that, that we would love to create, you know, that we would love to try to get off the ground eventually. And we have, you know, there's, there's, that's the good thing about what we all do is if you run your own studio or you're freelance or, hell, even if you have a day job and you come home at night, there should never, ever be a shortage Of of dreams and things that you can continue to make, you know. Um, hopefully everyone's as excited can get as excited about what we all get to do for a living, and that list that you have in your head or that you keep documented somewhere of things that you want to do, it's never gonna it's never gonna be all checked off, you know. Um, and that's exciting to me, you know. It's, It's this is a job that we don't all have to ever retire from, you know. Um, it's something that you can just keep doing and doing because. Um, hell I'd probably be doing it even if people didn't give me, give me money to do it. You know, like it's just what I enjoy doing.
0: So maybe this is in that category, but something that I've seen you post and share is a series that I would call the Sunday series. Oh yeah. 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 So tell me about that. I think maybe if, if you told the story of creative South, I totally don't remember what it is, but
1: no, I don't even know if I'm trying to think, I don't know if I was doing it then or I just didn't. Um, and it's, it's kind of right up the that same alley it's, it's a hundred percent a passion project and and i think about design in my in my former life i was an athlete and played sports and like um really really love um athletics and um i think about design a lot like that sometimes and i think about how i want to find little excuses just to explore and to be quite frank just practice a little bit more you know and um and for me i look forward to sunday mornings almost more than any day, because um, typically what I do is I get up really, really early, go to our space, and even just carve out an hour a week. If you can just carve even out one hour, two hours a week, just to make something for yourself. Nobody's involved, no client's involved, no one's asking, no one's directing, Mm. but you're just purely practicing, exploring, making something for yourself. Um, I think there's so much value to that, and in the long run it's been really helpful and i got i look forward to it so for me the, the confines of what it is you do in the umbrella of the concept i don't really know if it matters a lot but for me it was i just came up with this thing called sunday suns and it's literally what it sounds like and it's every sunday i design and draw a sun like that's that's it every sunday and so um that can be anything it can be drawn on a an old piece of fruit or it could be in your sketchbook when you're on vacation, or you could sit down and design in a little logo that's re- reflective of something that's going on in our world at the time, or, or whatever it is. Um, they're just little vessels of meaning that you create that you can just pour information into, which is essentially what a logo is, right? So it's been really, really fun to do. And yeah, I've been doing it over a year now, so I think I'm on like 58 or something like that. <laughs> so um, super fun. And again, no one's asked me to do it. It's just because I, I really enjoy it.
0: Well, they're just, uh, just delightful projects. So definitely check that out on Instagram or, uh, or I think those are on Instagram, right?
1: Yeah. They're on Instagram and we finally even built just like a little site where they just all live at least. So you can like scroll through all of them and, and and see all my mistakes and all the, all the, <laughs> all the bad ones and all the, yeah.
0: Well, are there, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit you know, all of us designers kind of see the world a little bit differently, maybe in a good way, sometimes maybe in a not so good way, but what are the things that you look at in the design industry right now that just kind of drive you crazy?
1: Oh man, where do I start?
0: <laughs> um, no,
1: like I, like I, I try not to be like a negative, like overly negative when it comes to things. Cause it's like, Hey man, like who cares? Like it's not, it might not be hurting people too bad, you know, but like to me, I really don't care for just like, Oh, this sounds such like a jerk, like putting just like inspirational quotes on shit all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Oh God, do we really need another one of those? Like, Holy crap. There's, (laughs) I think we're covered, man. Like we're, we're good there. I don't, uh, I, I, and it's, I don't know if you're ever this time, I'm always like cautious to like what I say. Cause it's like, no doubt tomorrow I'm going to get the call from somebody that's going to be like, we have this whole line of something we want to do. And you're like, <laughs> Oh man, I just, you know, cause it's like, it's like, and I think it has its pers- purpose in its place. And I've heard about another way that it's being used, which then I got, I was like, Oh, well that's actually really great. But right. like, t- I think about the, um, oh, uh, the adult coloring book craze, you know, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Now again I, I read a story recently because it's like I don't know if you like I, I find out that something is annoying me and a lot of times that makes me then go like research it a little bit mm-hmm. like okay why is this thing annoying me? Right. like maybe there's more to it than I don't know and so I did I did some researching which means I did a bunch of googling and like I um, found that there's various like senior cities senior centers and retirement communities that are using it to help with like um, various forms of um, you know, pain and, and various ways to keep them, um, their minds active. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well actually that's like a great resource for, <laughs> for, for senior citizens. Now I'm a jerk, you know, but like, to me, I'm just like, and I feel like I've been approached by several people to do those and I'm always like, oh gosh, I don't know if it's the right fit, you know? So, um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's something I guess, you know, I'm trying to think on a grander scale things that, um, bother me. I I think it's – and again, it's hard for me to say because I'm not as involved in it on a national level with like AIGA and things. But I think AIGA and various conferences are doing a really, really – most of them are making a a good effort at making sure um, our industry is becoming more and more diverse. Mm -hmm. I think that's really really Um, diverse in all forms. You know, I know my wife, um, Jessica, being a art director at Willoughby Design Group for so long, Willoughby Design Group is um, a huge proponent for women in design um, and Anne and Willoughby specifically is that's been, you know, one of her big talking points since she started her firm in the 70s. Um, and and she always I mean has told me stories about how hard it was to create a business in the 70s as a woman and get a loan and like do all this thing so I think that's that's a, a great uh, a great thing that is starting to to move forward now is it are we in a good place probably not but I think it's at least you know people are making efforts and I think that's um, a start you know and that's good and I know um, that's something that's important to my wife as well and, and Ann Willoughby who's a close friend of ours as well so but yeah I mean I, those are like little things that I think um, at least the first two that um, you know know make me roll my eyes a little bit at least
0: (laughs) good good input so maybe um, maybe the answer is adult coloring books also but but where do you think you go for inspiration these days oh
1: you son of a gun that is not right (laughs) um it's i I very much and, and this probably isn't too different than other people out there but me being um my father being such a huge inspiration to me and really kind of paving the way as far as, um, a teacher. Like he was, he's definitely the person that has taught me the most, um, in all, in all forms of life really, but especially design and illustration, he is a byproduct of the 1950s. Like that's, he's a, he was born in the fifties and it's 100% a byproduct of that. Yeah. And because of that, his heroes were definitely a lot of the mid century designers that we all look to. Yeah. So because of that, like I remember as a little kid, like a lot of those mid-century designers and illustrators, you know, people like the Provinsons or or Dick Bruna or obviously people like Mary Blair, or uh, there's countless of them, right? Um, because of that, uh, I think that's where I've always really been inspired as far as things like color palette and, and use of shape and, um, and and things of that nature. So I know those are those are the kind of things I continue to listen to and look to. Are are a lot of those makers and designers. Um, I really continually, it's timeless stuff. Uh, I'm inspired by it. Uh, I know Jessica and I have keep talking about when we've been putting together different. You know, uh, you know, starting a project for inspiration. We've started a new thing where we're trying to make sure that anything we pull from an inspiration standpoint has no connection to graphic design at all, Hmm. you know? So like if you're, you know, if it's color or form or something like, can we be inspired by something we're finding out in, in real life or, um, by, you know, fine art or by furniture or by, you know, something outside of our industry, like, is that something that we can try to be inspired by, which is a fun challenge. And I think kind of just breaks up the monotony a little bit, you know? Um,
0: yeah, I think that's a great approach.
1: Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's kind of typically some of the things that we've looked to.
0: So I'll admit it. Um, my wife and I used to watch a lot, of, a lot of HGTV. And I remember there was one of these shows where they would have like this physical color wheel they would use. And it always had like stuff in it, like berries or flowers or, you know, something from the physical world to show the, the, the client, like what the colors might look like as opposed to just opening a fan book. And I thought that was such an interesting approach of how to, how to portray color.
1: Seriously. I think that's fantastic. Like I always tell my, I, I just belched on your podcast. I think I don't know if you guys, <laughs> we're not, totally
0: I know. keeping that.
1: I, I hope you guys do. And I'll try to get one in for you too, as I'm still drinking coffee at two Oh eight in the afternoon.
0: Wow. Well, you and me both. I know.
1: Right. Um, so, um, there's a, a friend of mine that I went to college with, and uh, we have even worked together for a couple of years. And she gave me and my wife, Jessica, maybe the best advice on color that we still use to this day. And I don't know if this is helpful for anyone else, but it's something that we think about a lot. It's that when you start to develop a color palette, I think just as designers and perfectionists, we instantly kind of want to make it look very cohesive together, right? Mm -hmm. And like, they all work so seamless together. And and this designer we were friends with, she would say, yeah, yeah, I I create a lot of my palettes that way. But what typically I do is, say I'm trying to create an identity and I'm I'm working with three colors, or maybe I'm doing a a screen printed poster and I can only do three colors or whatever, is you pick those two colors that are really, really um, working well together or, or complement each other really well. But for that third color, you absolutely blindly pick the most ugly, hideous color you can think of to pair with those two, two, um, <laughs> colors that are working well together. And you almost always get a really, really interesting, unexpected palette. Oh, nice. like almost always. So it's like, if you're, Oh, it's this beautiful chocolate brown and blue. And then you throw in some weird booger green, or you throw in some <laughs> weird, you know, salmony pinky weird, you know, it's like instantly you start to get this like slightly unexpected, interesting, um, palette. And that's something that we think about all the time when we're thinking you know, it's like, well, this palette just seems a little expected. Let's try to find something really random to pair with these other colors. And I feel like that always helps us because I think color is always a challenge for people, you know?
0: And it's hard to spec a good booger green. It is, man. It is. It is. I have a whole file of booger green. I can <laughs> that's the voice of experience. There, Yeah. I, I majored in booger green. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's a great piece of advice from a color standpoint. I'm really curious between, um, your dad or maybe just the folks at Hallmark or growing up around this, what you feel like the best piece of, of design advice you've ever received was, or maybe the best piece of advice that you find that you pass on to your younger designers.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I, I know, um, something I talked to my, cause I teach at the university of Kansas also, and Something I've found like recently, just in the past few years, is, um, man, I, I think it's because it's just, and not by any means, it's the internet new, but the fact that I think all of us designers out there, admittedly so, we have to do this, our portfolios and the work we share and everything in our worlds on our Instagram feeds, everything is so curated and so perfect mm-hmm. and just so put together that at times, especially for younger designers, I feel like that, that, that can paralyze them at times where, I mean, it can paralyze sure. us as working. Like, I'm, you know, you'll go in, I don't know if anybody else is out there like this, but you'll, you'll pop onto Twitter and dig around or Instagram and dig around and then you are like, F this man, I'm going to become a fireman. I'm done with this crap. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> These people are off the They're so good. I'm done with it. Like I can't do this, you know? And I think young designers, like you're still learning your skills. More importantly, school, you're not, Yes, you're building a portfolio, but you're you're creating your own personal process. That's what you're doing. You're figuring out how you are going to solve problems moving forward, right? And, and I think you see all this beautiful finished work, and you don't entirely know how to get there yet. And I think that instantly can really, really put people in a spiral, you know? And I always tell my students, like, just please try to not look and compare yourself to these other people, you know? That's an easy thing that we all tell ourselves all the time, but gosh, I think that's important get off the internet for a while and really just try to focus on the, the task at hand. I think that is, that is, uh, something I try to tell myself all the time. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to focus on what we need to get done when there's all this great stuff happening online all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's like, but just, just try not to do that. I think that's, I think that's really important, you know? Um, and I just think it's, it's, it's also trying to find, find your own personal voice and what it is that you're going to contribute in some way, and, and the only way to find that is just to make more stuff. Um, you know, you're, It's not just going to come out of thin air, but the more you make, the more you make, the more you make, the more you find out who you are and um, how you're going to solve some of these problems. And um, that's, that's when you start to feel a little more confident probably too.
0: So I wonder, I know you said you've got your conference coming up here um, in a couple months. Uh, do you have any other speaking events coming up? Or are you doing much yeah. uh, attending or speaking at conferences these days?
1: Yeah, I got a few. I'm doing, um, let's see here. I'm doing, in August, I'm doing a conference called, I believe it's called the Command Shift Conference in Sacramento, mm. I believe. Cool. I think I'm going to be doing a, a workshop in Indianapolis and also speaking at their AIGA also at the end of August. October, I'm doing the creative works conference in Memphis. It's excited about that because there's some good friends that are also going to be speaking there. Um, And then I think the big one is in November, I'm speaking at um, the Adobe max conference this year. Oh, very nice. Um, which there's some, the lineup I've seen is of course like amazing. I think they made a mistake by inviting me, but like uh, <laughs> I'm honored. I'm super honored to be there. Um, and there should be some cool people. So I know, um, I know we got those things coming up for sure.
0: I think they do speaker lineups like you do colors. So they get all the speakers they know need to be there and then pick one random. <laughs> so,
1: so Josh, if if y'all just figured this out, he just called me the booger group of conference speakers, um, which I think is 100% accurate. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think that's what Adobe Max is this year. It's a, it's Aaron Draplin. It's Tim Goodman. It's Booger Green Tag Carpenter. That's where it is. That's exciting. Yeah.
0: Well, before I get myself in too much more trouble, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. And this is the point on the show where I always like to have our guests tell us where else you can find them and find their stuff online. But I was I was perusing your Twitter feed a little bit, and I loved your tweet is something about. I believe liking soccer is the new kale. That's one of my favorite tweets I've read in a long time.
1: I, uh, I think this is you're going to lose a lot of viewership here. I just can't get behind the soccer, man. I can't do it. <laughs> I, it, it call me a dumb American. Maybe that's what it is. I, uh, I, I, I just can't. I can't. Uh, there's not enough going on for me. And I know every one of my buddies who's super into soccer is like, oh, no, dude. If you knew what oh this defend watch the defender, but I don't want to watch the defender. The ball's all the way over there. No, watch the defender. He's gonna set this up and do that. I think I'm just not smart enough. I'm at all I'm willing to admit that. I don't think I'm smart enough for soccer. I'm not patient enough for soccer. Um, I wish I was, but um, I'll stick to my dumb American football and and and, and, uh, and, and baseball or whatever. So, yeah. I think
0: while we were still dating, I told my wife that our kids would not be allowed to play soccer. <laughs> Uh, I knew I've, we I've, changed, I, I've changed, I've changed my <laughs> stance a little bit because yeah. if my kids would just to commit, commit to any team sport, I would be thrilled at this point. But, uh, but yeah, I did say that and I was pretty serious.
1: <gasps> this is my only rule. This is it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, mean, cause I and it's like, it's it's, it's so hypocritical because I played soccer when I was a kid. It was so much fun. I think it's different to play versus watch, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. behind my child or, um, or even I playing the sport. I, that's one thing. But for me to, Sit in a stadium or watch it on TV. Forget about that. Yeah. Watching golf. Are you kidding? My parents will like watch golf all week- weekend and they'll be like, oh, did you see what happened on the Masters? No, Mom, I did not see what happened on the Masters. No one saw what happened on them. Are you kidding? You know, like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Like, I'll watch it if I want to take a nap and I don't need to take a nap. So I'm, you know, yeah. All
0: right. So from that slight sidetrack, where, so besides your, uh, your wise musings on Twitter, where else uh, can people track you down and find your stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, of course it's 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 all the it's all the regular places, I guess. Yeah, um, Instagram and Twitter. It's it's just at Tag Carpenter. Um, our studio is also on Instagram and Twitter at Carpenter Collective. Um, and then obviously our websites, um, carpentercollective.com as well. Um, which hopefully we'll, we will have a new site in the next, you know, handful of months <laughs> so soon, um, <laughs> reflective of what we're actually doing. And, um, yeah, I think those are probably good places to
0: start. So what about the, uh, children's books in particular? How can we track down which ones you guys are behind?
1: Yeah, I think, I think for a lot of the children's books I've done, most of them can probably be purchased at, um, a bookstore near you, obviously Barnes and Noble carries a lot of them. Um, but then if you go on Amazon, I think all of them are on Amazon. You can even click my name. And I think there's an author page with a lot of them, um, on there. Um, so they're not hard to track down at all. Um, Amazon, local bookstores, um, they should all be there. And, um, if anybody comes to any speaking engagements I have, I always bring a, a trunk load of them. Um, so always, always have those too.
0: Well, be sure for any of you designers with, uh, children with discerning taste to check out who's that and. <laughs> Of course, the other uh, series that you guys are behind. Awesome. Thank you, Ted. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you for being obsessed with design. Okay, folks. Episode number 26 is in the books. That's Tad Carpenter. For all of today's show notes, please go to obsessedshow.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And we'd appreciate a rating and a review to help others find the show. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon. We're a branding agency located on the 13th floor of beautiful Circle Tower in downtown Indianapolis. This week, hit us up on Instagram. We are at Miles Herndon. We've got some more great interviews coming up in the future, so stay tuned. And if you have any thoughts on who else you think we should interview next, let us know. Tweet to at Obsessed Show, and I'm at Josh Miles. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.